This is the Ring of Honor, aka Shane T, boy, the baddest champion you ever seen, boy. This is Mister Anderson. This is good old Jr. Jim Rock, and you are listening. You're listening to Knockouts and Three Counts. Starts now. Whoa, what up, though? It is a Thursday, and clearly by the beginning of this show, we've figured out that, damn it, we're all getting old in this fucking video, but <laughs> one of us is at least having to glow up on her way through this life as we've got the return of the now, the new strawweight BKFC <laughs> champion, Miss Britton Hart Beltron. How are you doing, champ? I am doing Ray, I really am. I know that it's been like a whirlwind, um, but I'm super excited to talk to you guys and just be on here and and yeah, and just kind of show part of our, our crazy life and it really never stops. And especially when you get to the top of the mountain, you know, sometimes the air up there is like thinner and you're like, whew, I gotta work extra hard to be here. But hey, I'm super glad I'm exactly where I wanted to be. <laughs> I like that. Well, the air at the top's thin. I like that. Well, you talk about that thinner air, you know, this fight's different than the last time we talked to you. You know, the last time we chatted, it was before your fight with Beck Rawlings. You know, you guys were fighting uh, a weight class up. Now you're down here at straw weight and now the straw weight queen. So, I mean, I guess that's as good a place as any to start. Um, tell me about the move down to uh, straw weight. How was camp? Do you like being down here as opposed to 125? Tell me about uh, the prep for the fight. Yeah, so one, super clever on the thinner part. I love that. But, yeah, honestly, I boxed. You know, if you guys look at my box rec, you know, I was at 116, 118, um, you know, and I did some other weight classes too because it was always like being a female was always pitched and sold to me. Oh, you got to be flexible in the weight classes. There's not as many. But it's like, you know, these girls that are fighting at 125, 135 are really cutting from 145 150 you know and, and i've had a lot of people like give me that advice they'd be like no like you need to be 125 max and that's even like pushing it like you need to put some muscle on you know <laughs> get a cheeseburger and so that's what i was doing i'm like man my body is just naturally thin you know before i started the fight with Paige van sant i was 118 camp for Paige and my coach saying don't run anymore like you're underweight like you can't run you're 122 you're weighing in at 125 like we don't want you to lose more weight but I'm thinking in my head but yeah I want my lungs to be good and I want to have good cardio though too so it's just like you know knowing that you know I, I don't want to make the excuse and I know it's a it's definitely a um, shit talkers platform to be like oh Britain couldn't win the belt at 125, <laughs> so she ran to the lower weight class. But it's like, no, not really. I actually stepped up and fought the girls at 125 over and over and over and still showed that I was a bad Now I'm honored at having something, as you guys saw at my weigh-ins, my energy, my interviews, my demeanor. I'm not sunken in. I'm not dried out like a raisin. This is like and, you know, we like, really want to push that no matter what size you are. It doesn't matter if you're 180. It just felt 
felt better for me to have this energy and not feel so like, oh, you know, I can't lose too much weight or let me eat a greasy cheeseburger. You know, all those like bad habits I was kind of practicing. Mm -hmm. I really kicked out for this camp. So it's like a machine, which is really what you want and what we train for. And I feel like, you know, I really did that. I feel like if anybody watched my fight back, they're like, wow, this is the best you ever looked. And you were a well-oiled machine, which is really just because I didn't have all that extra grease and lube on me. <laughs> well, you talk know, just, just a couple months back when we had you on the show, you were actually talking about that going into your camp, how you were trying to gain mass and size because you were felt as though you were undersized at the division. So to your point, I feel like really it was just they opened up. BKFC has finally reached that point where they're starting to really evolve in their uh, divisions. They're allowed to they're, – they got more leeway where they can bring in a women's 115 division and actually start to work their way to build that division up. And what a better champion than, to your point, somebody who should have probably been at 115 the whole time but has shown their worth against a bunch of top-level uh, 125 girls out there. So it, it's just such a great, you know, transition. And I think it really just boils down to them being able to finally have the leverage to open up these divisions a little more. Absolutely. And it just kind of shows, you know, like patience is a virtue. And, and sometimes that's one of my character flaws. You know, I am very impatient. And I'm like, well, I don't want to wait till the 115 <laughs> class opens up. I'm just going to do this. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, you know, I'm a risk taker that way and it worked out for me. But now that I, because I did that with me being patient, what BKFC has only been around for four or five years, it was only legal in like three states. Now it's opening <laughs> up everywhere. And these new weight classes are coming up and the better athletes, better fighters, more tryouts. And it's just really exciting because now I can be like, well, I was an OG and I was a pioneer for the sport, but now I'm also really a real force to reckon because I, you know, I, I capitalized on it when everyone else thought it was crazy. Yeah. Well, not only an OG, but somebody that truly built their game and really stepped up their level throughout this BKFC career that you have. I mean, no offense, but the, the first fight to where you are now in your performances is just levels ahead. You really have shown that you've like developed this bare knuckle game. Like you're, you really are one of the top level girls in, you know, all of bare, bare knuckle. And now with the belt around you, it just, to your point that you were saying earlier, you can either get to the top and start to rest, or you can look for things to continue to improve on. And that's what I'm starting to see. So. Exactly. Well, you could definitely see that in this last fight. I mean, you were just walking your opponent, Carissa Sagala down, you know, the whole fight yeah. for five rounds, you know, you really pushed the pace. You were throwing more. Um, you could see that she was trying to catch that one big shot in between the flurries and stuff. Um, you know, you mentioned a little bit about uh, feeling healthier down at 115, but even at that, you still came in at 113.6, if I'm not getting mistaken. <laughs> so, I mean, you still were underweight there. So, I mean, you were really ahead of the game uh, as far as camp went. I only know that because I was just watching the fight back to make sure I had my shit together before this. But that's part of doing our job. But with that being said, you know, how did you feel with uh, the opponent change in this fight? Obviously, Carissa wasn't the original opponent for you. Did that change anything for you, or was it kind of one of those things where it was like business as usual? You know, it was a, it was honestly a mix of both. I feel like my first initial shock was, 
you know, I, the biggest thing for me was the, the difference in the weight. And so I was excited to be at the straw weight for 115, you know, cause I'm looking at those opponents being more my size. When I heard it was Teresa, I'm looking at her as a flyweight. Like I'm looking at her as being super competitive. She fought, you know, she went in there and last all five rounds with Pearl. Um, she's fought, you know, she had the fight of the night with Taylor. She had fought Jessica Link, who's a, an extremely big opponent. She actually fights over at BYB now, like 130, 135. Tall, big opponent. Um, and then... I think she did try Angela. I I can't remember her last name, but I'm also a uh, tough opponent. And, you know, I'm looking at it as, well, you know, because she has the, the size. She has the advantage. Even though she might be a little shorter, she has a, a muscular base. You know, she was gearing up for Paige Van Sant, which is, you know, another bigger, tough opponent who, you know, was even a catchweight because, you know, she, she's bigger. So... I was kind of looking at it like, oh, here we go again. I'm really, really at a, a flyweight weight once again. But, you know, with the help of my team and everybody else, like, look, if they would have called you, Britain, imagine if the roles were reversed. If they would have called you for four days to fight her, what would you have said? And when they pointed it out like that, I was like, oh, I would have said yes in a heartbeat. So, you know, to me, it was a really great process of having my team back me up but you know when you mentally prepare for something for five weeks like uh, like every day breathing eating sleeping just envisioning beating this one particular girl with this particular skill set you know but it was also really great my husband Joey was like you know he also used an analogy with my my son who told me he failed a quiz and I had a like drill he was like wow that's not nice mom and i'm like well it's not nice you got an f on a quiz and he's like but it was a i've heard that a few times yeah and i'm like <laughs> well you know you gotta i gotta do my mom duties and be like it's you uh -huh. know it's not okay but you know why and he's like well it was a pop when i wasn't ready i'm like you have to be ready at all times so joey's looking at me like practice what you preach ready at all times i was like oh yeah all you're right, right you know Touché. You gotta love when you get that <laughs> advice that just like kicks you in the mouth and you're just like, well, shit, uh, that sucks. Well, with that being said, that brings up a question I had for you. So you talk about, you know, we talk about you having the opponent change and all that. Uh, obviously, you're not the only one who had one of those this past weekend with all the news of what happened with that with the UFC. So you having to have that happen in your fight. What are your thoughts on what we saw with the whole Hamzat thing? Yeah, I think it was I mean. It is what it is at the end of the day. The internet loves it. They're talking about it. I know, you know, they were constantly reading through the posts and the comments and the memes. So, I mean, overall, I think, you know, it, it, it's entertaining in some aspects, but, you know, it, it is business and shit happens. Yeah. I mean, shit, shit happens. But when you, when you give up potentially the, the, the big step up in your career of, you know, fighting an idea is all because you came in that high overweight, you know, like there, there's mistakes. And then there's like, you know, you, he fucked up. Did you that. give a shit? Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. Hey, at the end of the day, you can see the UFC wants him to be one of the big stars. I know we've already talked about this on the show multiple times that me and weight cutting and all that shit. That's like one of my biggest things. I hate when somebody misses weight like that. Cause I've been in the situation in boxing where I fought somebody bigger 
and it didn't go so well for me. So after that, I uh, yeah, I wasn't such a big fan of it. So for me, I uh, I wasn't the biggest fan. But I gotta say, I feel like those matchups ended up being way better. And I mean, Nate ended up getting to go out the way he did. So I mean, at the end of the day, I don't care what the fuck he said in the press conference. I believe with every fiber of my being, that motherfucker got paid or he wasn't staying on that card. There ain't no way in hell he didn't get some kind of big-ass bump because they're all trying to say they didn't. But I don't know. If it were me yeah. and knowing Nate Diaz over the years, that some bitch got some money. <laughs> right. I would imagine so, too. But like I said, it's all – you never it's know business. really what happens behind and what's you know, going on. So I'm just like, you know – it is what it is. Fans, well, you know, it gives the fans something great to talk about and debate. <laughs> and yeah, you're right. You know, it is business as far as like on the contract. You know, it, that number is the number for a reason, and we stop holding ourselves to that standard. But there's so much other dumb stuff that goes into it. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Couldn't argue. I couldn't argue that at all. You so, know, it. I feel bad because I cost my my parlay that night got fucked because of that Lee Jing Liang fight, and I feel bad because I cost not only myself, but Christine Faria lost money because of my parlay, too, so I feel like an asshole at this point because <laughs> we both lost some fucking money because of that Ling Jing Liang fight. But speaking yeah. of fights that are winning, you know, now that you're down at 115 at a more healthier weight for you, you know, what do you see as next? You know, we don't know too much of who's all going to be in this weight class and you know what's that going to shape up like so what's next for you do you want to uh take another fight down at 115 do you see yourself bouncing back and forth between 125 i mean where do you see yourself going from here you know i would honestly like to stay at 115 because it's my weight class and something that Mm -hmm. i really want to be dominant and like really prove and show you know the undisputed like that really means something And so I feel like if I fluctuate between the two, it kind of takes away. But at the same time, I feel like the 115 weight class does still need to be a little bit defined on who standouts. Because you got to think anybody really coming into it right now are going to be debuters or coming from a different, you know, sport. And it'll still be debuters at the end of the day in a new sport, bare knuckle. And so it will always be like something I feel like people are going to be like, oh, well, of course, Britain's going to win because I have like nine fights experience now, which is huge, you know, but Absolutely. then you got Jenny Savage, who, you know, I'm sure she thinks that she's the uncrowned queen on 115 and <laughs> she needs that shot. But, you know, and I think we were respectful at the last fight somewhat, but I know there's definitely social media banner and it's just, again, so much dumb <laughs> shit behind it. But you know, my thing is, is that we already fought at 125. And if you look back at the stats at it, just so we, we're not being opinions, we're being facts. If you look at the stats of it, I weighed in at 123 and she weighed in at 124. So I was a smaller opponent when I fought her in flyweight. Then just past weekend, when we weighed in, I weighed in at 113 and she weighed in 114.6. So again, smaller opponent. So the fact that she thinks she'll be more advantaged at this weight class against me, I think is like really just doesn't make sense in the numbers. And because I did have a third round knockout TKO off of her, I just feel like rematches to make sense have to be like close, like go the distance, split decision, doctor stoppage, something out there. But, you know, then I would be like, well, I mean, I'm not asking for handout or easy fights by any means, but I mean, sure, if she wants to run it back, we'll rematch it. But 
I just know that it doesn't make sense for me and her to get into like this heated verbal battle and, and be mean each other when I don't think the promotion is going to make that fight until a couple other girls come up and do something. But, you know, I'm the champ now. They can't leave me sitting for a long period of time, I would imagine. So, I mean, it's, yeah. you know, and then for me, you know, I am super competitive. I love what I did at 125. Um, I still really want to be a champion at 125. And I still feel like, you know, with the improvements and, and some things that I'm doing, you know, I will have to put more weight on to be competitive with Christine because Christine's very big and, and skilled. So she's big and skilled. And that's going to be um, a lot of work on me that's like not a six-week fight camp, maybe like more of a three-, four-month fight camp for something like that. And um, I definitely think about it in the back of my head a lot. But I don't want to be distracted really at like the goals that, that might be put in front of me because at the end of the day, the boss man, the matchmaker, BKFC, they're behind it. I'm really trying to have like better, more positive energy, which I – you know, I've proven I'm so thankful for my opponent who stepped up. You know, I showed that we can be respectful in this sport. And really, when you guys see me not being respectful, it's because I'm I'm biting back. I'm barking back. I'm watching these people bash me online over and over. And I'm, like, constantly taking the high road. And so finally, I'm like, you know what? You know, I'm a freaking lion. I'm going to go and, like, snatch these little hyenas up from all the dumb shit they're barking about and you know it, it again it gives the fans something to talk about but at the end of the day you know my mental health is definitely worth and valued a lot more you know that you know really what's next on the agenda I'm, I'm going to the you know boys and girls club on tuesday i got a few high schools i'm gonna go visit like those are the things i'm really looking at now i'm really looking at training other fighters coaching other fighters and and just really building not only women, but all fighters in, in, in the sport. I just heard Virginia opened up bare knuckle boxing. So, you know, there's two champs in Virginia right now. That's going to be really cool. That's what's Man. up, though. I mean, you, yeah. you, you've really gotten to be like Corey said, you know, one of the, uh, you know, the mainstays for BKFC. You were one of the first ones that were really out there. And now you're out here doing uh, you know, now you're doing your thing down here at 115. I mean, I totally can respect that being, you know, focused on that. You know, you brought up something that brings up one of the questions that we got via Instagram. You know, I got to tell you, out of all the people that we bring on here, whether it be wrestlers, fighters, uh, musicians, all that kind of stuff, you never know who's going to roll through here. But you've got, you know, your fans, I swear, every time, both times you've come on are in the comments with like 15 questions. So, you know, you talk about enjoying life. You know, one of the biggest things I enjoyed after a weight cut was being able to eat. So I guess that's as good a question as any to pick out of there. What have we been eating now that you got, uh, you know, that belt around your waist? Oh, my gosh. So I will definitely tell you, I was like the whole camp, only vegetables and protein, right? And then some fruit. And I'm like, man, I'm going to eat bread and cakes and ice cream and cheese. And now that I've been eating so clean and healthy for like six weeks, when I eat this bread, I'm like, oh, my stomach hurts. So every time I've gone out to eat some delicious bomb ass food, my stomach hurts after. So I'm kind of upset about it. To be honest. So anyways, I'm like, damn, I freaking can't even enjoy these freaking french fries because they make my stomach hurt but 
you know, it sounds I like me and ice cream with Crohn's. <laughs> yeah, but I, it's still, you know, I've definitely been doing it, but my poor husband has to deal with me crying about it for, you know, hours. I'm like, dude, I feel like I ate an unlimited buffet and I really just had a waffle and some bacon. That's, that's One what of my old training partners. What up, Travis? Uh, that's what happens. You start eating that's too healthy for too long. Your body gets used to it. You really like the smallest of things will just throw you for a loop, man. I, I there before I had my children, I was much healthy, healthier eater than I am now. And you motherfucker, yeah, you ain't been a health eater in twenty years of knowing you. Who the fuck are you bullshit. kidding? Bullshit, bullshit. <laughs> were, that must have been the time we weren't hanging. Guys, I was eating nothing but organic. Yeah. But either way, once I had my children and started getting back into the fast food diet, essentially, yeah, my system's been a wreck ever since. So I can completely understand that where you're, where you're coming from on that one. <laughs> well, Corey, I've been flapping my gums for a minute. What do you got for the champ? I know. So champ life. Where? What's the Disneyland? Where? Where's? What's the big trip? Where's the celebration? What's the? Uh, what's the big plan? Yeah, so we usually do do something crazy like that, but I'm, you know, I always try to be so true to my word. I said that the belt was for me to take to other people who needed to see it, other people who needed to be inspired. And what better time, you know, right now that I have it, it's like, well, you know, you want to do it while the iron's hot, like while it's fresh in people's Mm -hmm. minds. Like this just happened. And that's kind of more of like the angle we're going at. Not really vacation or me and Joey's time. It's more of like, this is what we wanted and it was to help other people. Like we have a bigger, higher purpose. And, you know, I feel like, you know, we're really going to be rewarded for it. I I know I've had some really dark days. I know um, some, some haters and some, you know, people that just hate and can't stand them at the top. They're going to use any and everything to, to try to bring me down, to try to define my character. But, you know, the truth is, is yeah, I've had some dark roads. I had some, bad things happened to me in the past and it's not for me to sit here and explain myself for me to sit here and say whether you think I did it or not your opinions of me it could be true it could be not true the fact is is that I was in such a bad place I fought my way out of it and now look at me you know and and that's the thing that we really want to show to these kids these teenagers these young adults that might think oh you know I messed up oh I live here I don't have parents my dad died you know, um, I'm addicted, you know, I'm an alcoholic. I'm not going to be nobody. I'm a loser. Like it doesn't have to be that way. Like you can be rock bottom and fight your way up. Like I really am like a, a walking proof on it. And I'm not like showing that for like, cause it looks good. And you know, my life behind the camera is really shitty. Like you guys are seeing exactly like what we do and, and, and the people around us that are gravitating to us, it's because we're genuinely happy. We're genuinely helping other people. I and mean, it feels better that way. You know, like I said, when we go around, we're driving this beat up 2004 Chevy trailblazer, like, you know, but it's allowing us to go where we need to go and get out and, and spend the time to travel to these places that just might need somebody to like, smile or train with them or tell them, you know, Hey, you know, this is what happened to me. And we'll sit down and have a little, you know, little talk. And, you know, we're really good at doing that. And it's been awesome for me and Joey to grow together as a couple and to grow together as a, 
um, teammates and, you know, just how many people that we've really like helped and then people that, you know, really they're helping us. Like, you know, I, Hannah, I know she might be in that chat room. Like she's she is. Canada, a different country. You know, she's still in, in school. And to me, sometimes I'll message her and be like, man, I'm having a really crappy day. I'm sorry. I'm not texting you back. I'm not ignoring you, but you know, this is what's going on. And she's like, you know, just breathe. You've got this. I believe in you. You're my hero. And, and hearing that from somebody is so much like, she thinks I'm saving her and I'm her hero, but really how many times has she, has she saved me from just a text message, letting me know I can still do this and that I'm still a shining light to people, especially people that have been broken down, have had dark roads, have passed and, and to help those people is really what our vacation is about. And that's why I said, we're like, we're going up here to see my kids. We're going up here to see the boys and girls club, these high schools. And then we're coming right back down to Miami to help somebody um, train for their fight October 15th. You know, we're just helping in so many ways we can right now until 2023. And then, then I think I'll start focusing more on like what's next for me, but really vacation until the end of the year is about everybody else who helped me get to the gold, which is the end game. I, I like that well, answer. I like that. Hell yeah, man. I I mean, that's as good a, that's a good answer as you could have asked for. Well, I've got a couple more questions for you. We've got a couple questions in the comments that, uh, that we should get to. Um, <clears throat> since you brought up Joey, that's been a question we've been getting, you know, when, do, uh, when do you know if we are going to see, uh, Joey stepping back into uh bare knuckle FC ring anytime soon? I definitely, you know, can tell you this. So Joey <laughs> is, um, you know, such a fighter and he never gives up. He does everything with like, you know, not even a hundred percent. Like it's like 10,000% to the point where you're like, all right, slow down. So, but <laughs> he is a fighter. It's definitely who he's been for, you know, over a decade and something like that just doesn't go away. So you know, he really comes alive in the gym. He really comes alive working with other people. And and they do, too, around him. You can see people really respect him and really love being with him in the, the gym atmosphere. And so with that being said, I know Joey's not done. I know Joey, um, you know, with his knockout last time, it was really unfortunate. But it just shows, you know, one, it's heavyweights. It's, it's a different a different animal altogether, but you know, he was going through some shit, you know, and I think he's allowed the grace and I think other people are not ready to see him go out like that. And, you know, he's working really freaking hard and I know he's really trying to hone in on some skills. And so with that being said, you know, it's not for nothing. So I'm sure by 20, by the time 2023 gets here, we'll have something exciting and cool to talk about that has happened. Well, you already know what time it is. The door is always open with that kind of thing for us. So, Joey, if you're listening to this, which I'm sure you are because you're probably sitting in the seat next to her, you know, the door is always <laughs> open, brother man. <laughs> you know? Yeah. All right. All right. Here's the other question we got from an old training partner of mine. What up, though, Travis Spivey? Uh, you know, to the champ, after being an underdog for a long time, how does it feel to finally be on top? And mentally, do you feel like this is an accomplishment goal or do you think this is uh, the beginning of a new chapter? No. Uh, I'm super supportive of the underdogs. 
yeah, this is a super great question. It's like, I, I'm on, I honestly can tell you, like, again, I just want to win a title, just one title. Like, I'm not being greedy or whatever, whatever, you know, I just want to win one. And then I got some things I got to do, which is what we've already talked about. Now that I have it, it's so heavy. And I'm like, whoa, like, <laughs> it's weird and i'm like it's here like and and the fact that my face like is not like black and blue and my hands are better That's now always like, <laughs> it feels weird it's like you know and i've gone through some so many battles and so many wars i've had to listen to so many people's criticism and hate and negativity and i've cried about it a lot to my close friends and especially joey and and they told me this like hey, I'm sorry to tell you this. I, I don't want to break your heart, but when you win that belt, it's not going to go away. People aren't going to love you anymore. You know, if anything, if you put a big bullseye on your back, people are going to come after you. And, you know, you think it's good enough, but it's not. And I kind of like brace myself for that. And I've seen little hints of it. I know there's a lot of people that But I will say this. I feel like pretty damn good about it. Like I'm like, oh, <laughs> the the queen hand to people who run their mouth and be like, it's good. So you know, and it, it's definitely given me my peace. He does this people who need to me, and I've given me my peace. Johnson's motivation videos and how many times he was told no and he's like fucking one of the greatest like most successful people out there so just in that like again like we're always motivated by people that go out and do the impossible because they believe they were great and believe that they were bigger than what they were getting and, and didn't take no didn't accept no so yeah it feels it feels good but also like not in a surprising way besides how belt heavy the belt is but it's like yeah like i knew i knew this day would happen now it's here and now you know now what but you know again not, not really now what you know more so in my career like oh am i gonna stay at 115 am i gonna bounce back and forth like you said you know the, these are questions mm -hmm. i really you know don't even know 100 percent myself all i know is that i have to be the best version of myself and you guys haven't seen it yet so i gotta go out there i gotta find people that you know uh, that give me a why you know people that i need to inspire some something i need to help build and make better um whether it's face tougher opponents whether it's go and do meet and greets uh you know whatever whatever that storyline asks from me is i'm prepared to do i don't know Corey. i like it that's a go ahead I was going to say, somebody like you, where you mentioned the meet and greets and stuff like that, you definitely seem like somebody that would feed off the positive energy of, of like something like a meet and greet and having the fans that actually show up in your corner like, hey, 
to your point, you inspired me to do this or your trips to these boys and girls club like that. You'll be able to look at back at that stuff like five years from now, maybe one of these kids that you were in touch with will get back you know, in touch or something and share some story with you, how you inspired them to make change in their life because of what you brought to them. So shout out for all that. You know, that trying your best to bring your belt to actually be a positive thing in your community is a, is a huge thing. Yeah, it really is. And it's like, you know, again, it wasn't always that way. And it's, it's kind of even like of a better feeling now. Like, you know, it used to be a time where, you know, the world I felt like was very much against me and everything I did was wrong. And just to have it and come back and those same people be like, wow, you know, you're a champ. You're so awesome. It's not even them holding like the negativity or the chip on my shoulder now, like with the belt, like it really helped me. And that's why I said all these other people that helped me get there, it helped me be able to have that feeling to go back and not be bitter and be like, well, remember when you said I couldn't do it, it gives me a chance to come back to that same place and be like, and now I'm here to help, you know, like, it's just one of those things that's, it's crazy how life comes full circle. And you'll be able to draw inspiration from that stuff yourself as well. Like beyond just helping people, which is always a great thing itself, but you'll be able to draw inspiration from all the stories that you'll be able to interact with all these people as well. So, Yep, absolutely. I like it. Yeah. My bad. It, it lagged on mine. And... <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. What? My bad. I was just, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was saying on my screen, it like froze for a second. So I thought you, I thought you didn't say anything. That's the only reason I said something. (laughs) No, 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 you're good. I was like, well, you know, the points made, but I'm like, yeah, it's just something I'm like super, I mean, I'm super passionate about it. I've already, it's kind of what keeps me going. Like you you hear and see these things a lot and you, you just don't even know, you're not even aware of it. Like by being yourself, like just one little quick story. I have thousands of them, but you know, I was like working in the gym one day with these two boys and, you know, it was a lot of fun. We we're like sparring and, you know, I was holding pads for them and they were smiling. I didn't know any better, you know, just like, they're just kids, right? You know, I go outside and I'm like talking to somebody else and the mom comes up to me and she's like, she puts her hand on my shoulder. And she's like, I just want to thank you so much. And I'm like, hey, I'm just, you know, I'm just being me. And she's like, no, like, you know, They lost their dad last year. I really haven't seen them smile like this in a very long time. Like, this is the first time I've seen them smile. And I was just like, you know, like, man, like, you just really don't know what you're doing. And and by being positive and happy, even when you don't feel like it, like, really what it could do to somebody that you have no idea what they're going through. Because to me, they just seem like awesome, like, smiling, amazing boys. And to hear that mom say that to me. There's really things like that that make me like really know that this is truly why I was put here and, and my purpose and all the crazy things I went through because I know what it feels like, you know, from experience and and then from being put into it and seeing these people's reactions by by literally just being a positive version of of something that that hurts really bad inside is just, you know something that I I really I just can't tell you enough like how much it means to me to do this go back to that same gym where those boys are because I go there every year for that same reason and you know 
this, how many other people that we can do that for, you know? I like it. Making a difference, being an impact on the community and all those things. Well, last question before I get you out of here, Triple G or Canelo, since you're, you come from the boxing background, who you got? Canelo. I can't argue that, but I don't know, man, the thing that makes this fight so interesting. We were talking about this the other, uh, earlier. I said, you know, I don't buy many boxing fights anymore. But I actually want to watch this one because the thing that makes this fight so interesting to me is the fact that even though I feel Canelo's probably going to win, the fact that he's just coming off of that loss to Bivol and the fact that Triple G hasn't lost to anybody since he lost to Canelo, like, I don't know, man, if there were ever a time for Triple G to try to catch him slipping, I don't think it's going to happen. But it'll make me want to watch the shit nonetheless. (laughs) Right. No, you're right. It's like boxing sometimes gets a little watered down, you know. Mm -hmm. And it does, that happens. But when you get the, the the true legends that are, you know, still like basically Triple G and Canelo right now, like coming in, it really gets fight fans excited, boxing fans. And I, I really love that they're, they're still, you know, they're still going at it. And, you know, anything can happen. That's what, you know, that's what us as fight fans we, we love. But, you know, at the end of the day, I know there'll be a lot of sad people if Canelo lose. <laughs> You can't argue that. I will say one thing. That guy's got the fan base like a son of a bitch, man. Like, when they come out, they pack the place. Don't matter where that guy fights at. Doesn't matter if it's on Cinco de Mayo or not. That dude has got money signs all over him. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, I heard it was like Mexican Independence Weekend or something this week. This weekend, and that's why the fight's scheduled for this weekend. So, you know, same thing. They're going to be in attendance with the – the mariachi mariachi band playing them out like usual and the whole the whole the entrances in boxing are just next level man like his entrances are really they take it up a notch that's for sure for sure it inspires me every time i like walk out i'm like i really like put way like a lot of thought to the point where even like joey or other people are like it's not that serious brandon i'm like yes (laughs) It is. When people have a great walkout, they notice and they remember that shit. And it's very, yep. very important. And I always, like, really try to hone in on, like, you know, just where I'm fighting at, what's going on in my life, what are the circumstances. You know, sometimes you look at, like, you know, past beefs with the, the people you're fighting. But, yeah, and it all goes together. You're not wrong. I just bought tickets to WrestleMania, and that's one of the biggest things you think of every year is the the entrances that you're going to see and all those kind of things. So I'll definitely be looking forward to and will definitely be looking forward to seeing what you got coming out in your next fight. Well, I know you guys have got quite the drive back to Virginia, so I'm going to let you get out of here. Throw your social media out. Let everybody know where to find you and all that good stuff. And uh, we'll have to stay tuned to see if there's any news on uh, Joey's side. Yep, absolutely stay tuned. Me and him are busy, and we have some, like, <laughs> exciting fun adventures we'd love you guys to all share them with us so it's going to be a super exciting rest of the year i can promise you that so definitely follow at team britain beltron you know instagram um i'm not really i need to do better on my twitter but you know instagram's where it's at come on let's just keep it there that (laughs) and uh you know i'm really excited to to show you guys what's next and trust me i am not anywhere near finished in, in the aspects of having the best life possible and i just want everyone to to enjoy it and share along with me i like it well you know we're going to be checking it out we appreciate the time as always and uh i'm sure we'll be chatting with you again soon safe travels back to virginia 
Yeah. Thank you Thanks guys so time. much. Always love talking to you guys, making you smile and good conversation. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. Likewise. Time. Yes, sir. Glad to hear it. Congrats, champ. Thank you. Peace. All right, Britton Hart Beltron, Corey, what are your thoughts? It's so nice to see uh, the good people get one once in a while. You know what I'm saying? Like, she, for all that grinding she's been doing in her uh, years of uh, the bare knuckling out there in BKFC, man, for her to uh, finally essentially have her division open up and her be able to fight at her proper weight class. I know you brought up the the whole question of 125, 115 and stuff. I truly feel like she would be best fit as like the Valentina Shevchenko role where she just holds down her division. I feel like that's where she's going to be best at is 115. And once BKFC continues to flush this uh, division out a little bit more, I think uh, notoriously throughout uh, women's combat sports, it seems like 115 is one of the, the premier divisions. So I feel like there'll be no shortage of uh, challengers here to come. Can't argue that dude. Um, I I think she definitely looked better. Obviously at uh 115, she said she felt better. You know, she was moving forward the whole fight. Obviously uh, cardio and all that wasn't an issue at 115. Uh, we're definitely going to have to see what she does, whether that's going to be bouncing back and forth to, uh, what between 115 and 125 or what that's going to look like. Um, but definitely looking forward to seeing what's next. And yes, I saw all the stuff in the comments. It'll be interesting to see if uh, Joey and uh, Josh Burns get at it as well. Um. Yeah. Yeah. As, as for everybody that's still in here, we've had both. Well, not Joey, but we've had basically Joey on the show twice now. Cause he's been sitting two feet away from, Britain and I, we try. We're welcome to drama when it's brought up naturally, but to just bring it up for no reason, I felt was not not needed in this one. I'm not. We're not going to just ambush somebody on here. Anybody who's from the Michigan area knows that we rock with Josh the Hammer Burns. I mean, that's not a, a question. I mean, we've had him on the show multiple times, and I'm looking forward to a good fight if him and Joey get into it as well. But like I said, I'm not going to bring. Uh, like, I, on the show and then just ambush somebody either. If that is the matchup that's made, I'm I'm definitely not against it. With I'm uh, here for it. I like the matchup. Hell, let's see him yeah. put the fight together. But again, like I said, I mean, I know Josh Burns personally. I mean, mm-hmm. I I you know I'm obviously we've been in his corner. We've had him you know on the show before. But I'm not going to bring somebody else on here and then ambush them for a fight that doesn't right. even got to do with them. Well, I, I mean, I'm granted, saying- obviously. I'm just saying at the stages that they're at in their, at their in their current state in their career with Josh Burns having his couple losses over in BYB, if he does make his move back to BKFC, I feel like that would be a great matchup. With the same thing with Joey. Hell yeah, he, fair he, matchup. He yeah, he unfortunately lost in his title bout and then lost the following one. So I feel like that would be a perfect matchup if that's something the BKFC is leading towards. But we'll see in due time, right? Yeah, man, I like I said, I'm uh, looking forward to that. Well, before we get to the fights that we got this weekend, obviously AEW Dynamite was last night, man. Uh, we had uh, we had some stuff going on there too, bro. I mean, we yeah. had uh, Swerve in our glory, you know, defended the tag titles. You know, it's going to be them 
versus uh, for round two against the acclaimed. And for those of you who have been checking out, checking us out for a while, you do know that I was a big fan of the acclaimed versus uh, Swerve in Our Glory at All Out. I said that it was one of my favorite matches of the weekend. I still stand by that. That was a great tag match. Uh, the crowd was hot for it everywhere you look. And uh, I'm definitely ready to see them go for it, uh, have them go for it for round two. Now, I did find it a little interesting and a little puzzling, though, that they'd have them to defend the titles uh, right before Grand Slam, with that being next week in New York. You know, with them already hyping the match with uh, the acclaimed. Um, That being said, go ahead, Corey. I was just saying, yeah. I mean, clearly the powers that be, though, like the matchup as well because they were running it back so quickly. But Well, I mean, that crowd was hot, dude. I really thought that the acclaimed might walk out of there with those belts. But, I mean, shout out to Swerve and Keith Lee, man. I mean, that again... It, it was a banger. So we're going to have to see what happens in round two. And we're going to have to see if uh, daddy asses scissoring can get the acclaimed <laughs> over the proverbial hill. Uh, but with that being said, we also had uh, Chris Jericho versus Brian Danielson two on that card, which did not disappoint at all. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian Danielson getting the dub in this one and advancing to the uh, AEW world title tournament finals at grand slam along with, you know, in the beginning of the show, you had Sammy Guevara versus John Moxley, which again was a banger. And, uh, you know, you had Moxley versus Moxley versus, um, (coughs) Danielson here. So you've got an all BCC final. And I mean, dude, that means regardless of how this plays out, when this is done, the Blackpool combat club is going to have, the AEW championship, the ring of honor championship on Claudio, the pure championship on Wheeler Yuta. Wow. I mean, talk about a takeover, huh? But I do want to pose you a question, right? I I do want to pose you a quick question, Kyle, while we're on the the subject of the tournament, but uh, I feel like they did a pretty decent job of like building anticipation for and stuff. Right. But I feel like, uh, let me clarify, given the circumstances that they were given with the whole thing that, the, you know, how, how everything played out. With what happened with the CM out. Punk thing and all Yeah, that. how everything played after All Out. But um, are you surprised that they basically shoehold the favorites into the finals? Or I feel like with, given the circumstances where you could have you built the star of anybody through this tournament and yet you guys chose to basically take who I thought was going to be the last two and you made them the last two. Yeah. Um, I disagree. And here's why, because I really feel like in a lot of ways, Moxley really got the shit into the stick of this because when you really think that when you really think about the pandemic era for AEW, Moxley really put this company on the back, on his back. He was the champion for a while. He had great matches all through it, and a lot of it being when they didn't have fans. Mox really had the company on his back. And then, okay, so yeah. he lost the belt. So he lost the belt to Punk. Punk gets hurt. He wins the belt back and then loses it again at All Out. And then everything that happened all at All Out happens. Now... Now, you know, you've got Moxley who, you know, has been embroiled in all this stuff. I mean, if Moxley wasn't like, I think the fact that Moxley and Jericho were the two that got the, um, 
Uh, you know, I think the fact that Moxley and Jericho were the ones that got the automatic buy to the second round, I don't have a problem with that, especially <laughs> being that Moxley is the only multiple-time AEW champion. Uh, well, I guess CM Punk is now, but, I mean, he was the first multiple-time AEW champion. Uh, Jericho is Chris Jericho. I mean, he was the first AEW, <laughs> AEW right. champion. So if you have to make a tournament on uh, <coughs> such a short notice like that, I don't mind if anyone was going to get a buy, you know, so that you could make the tournament. And I understand why they're ending it at uh, Arthur Ashe Stadium, because that was one of their biggest shows of the year last year. Mm -hmm. So I'm not mad at them for wanting. No, I get it. I don't disagree with those. I just, I feel like it was such a, it was such an opportunity, right? And I feel like. Do you got any other names that you would have liked to have seen maybe inserted in there? Anybody that sticks out to you from what you've watched that you think you know, should have been in there that wasn't in there? See, I didn't get to watch the uh, preliminary matches or whatever, the opening. So I'll, I'll run like, down so to you, everybody that was in it. They so had, you had. Well, I, I was going to say, wasn't Darby one of the contenders? Darby right? was in it, and so was Hangman Page. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I feel like he was the, the one name I was going to use maybe, but they've already done a great job of including him in all the pay-per-views and putting him in great, like, showcase matches and stuff. So, I don't know. I guess maybe to your point, maybe, you know, maybe you are right. And maybe I'm just being a skeptical uh, hippo eyes over here for no reason. But, you know, I just feel like, uh, I don't know. It was such a, it was such an opportunity to do something. Sure. I get what you're saying. You could have put over one of the young guys, but I feel like in this situation, like with Moxley, like Moxley has been like the, the MVP for this company overall. Mm Mm-hmm. When you really think yeah. about it, especially now that Cody's gone and like given the fact that he had to kind of be stuck in the middle of all this because him and Punk were feuding when all this shit happened. I and again, I'm not saying that that means that I necessarily think that Moxley's going to win, but to not have Moxley in the that final. situation, yeah. I. Yeah. And 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 again, I'm not saying he shouldn't have had to win his way in, which he did. He had a great match against Sammy Guevara. Again, like I said, it was a banger. Uh, Brian Danielson, again, I don't have a problem with him being in there either because he hasn't won the AEW championship yet either. So who knows? Maybe he wins it. But that's either a, that's way. That's a valid point. I, I forgot that. I, I forgot that he hasn't held the belt yet. Yeah, he's never been AEW champion yet. So, I mean, at least on the Moxley end of it, if there were anybody in AEW that, yeah, and Jericho, I give Jericho the same thing. If anyone was yeah. supposed was going to get a buy to the second round with the short nature and how quickly this had to be thrown together, bro. Like, I mean, for no, me, I completely I, understand that. Those the two names that they selected. If you're gonna have to do a buy format where somebody's not in the first round, I completely understand their their decision and making on that. You know. You could say that those guys were the AFC and NFC, you know, conference right. champions. And and buy, think of it in know? this sense. I just thought of this in what you were saying too. Like, you know, think of it in this sense too. Like, if let's say the matchups, like the spots in the uh, the seedings, were like different, right? So let's say like it played out to where it was Jericho versus Danielson in the final. And then Danielson beat him and got his win back. That would be like the only story thing. But at the same time, I almost like the fact that they're doing it into the semifinals even better. 
because Jericho kind of got the win at all out, but he did it cheaply. Now this win means so much more because if he loses, Danielson's going to go towards championship. And then not only does Danielson win, Danielson defeated him by submission. So, yeah, yeah. I, much more I, that I guess that that whole Danielson not holding the belt thing really made my my point that you know invalid honestly I mean I totally that, get what you mean I mean he's still one of the big names but mm-hmm. I do like that at least he fought his way from the first round too though yeah yeah and like I say that it makes sense for who the buy thing was and stuff like that I just feel like like I said, given the opportunity, I feel like whenever you're given a huge opportunity where there's a complete opening, you should use that to your advantage of building somebody that's an unknown or at least a relatively unknown. But that being said, there's also like this might be the perfect time to get Danielson his, you know, his first crack at the real belt and actually have it around his, you know, give him his stint as the uh, title holder, you know? So my, my point's invalid, I guess. No, it, no, it's not invalid because it makes sense because, I mean, that's the argument you usually have in wrestling is wanting to put somebody over newer. But I feel like as far as, like, big names that could have been put in that tournament, I feel like you really kind of had everybody that was, like, the pillars because Sammy Guevara hasn't necessarily been mentioned as far as the – world title picture for a little bit, but like to have him in there and then have that banger with uh, Moxley, you know, after him and Darby went at it the week before. And speaking of Darby, dude, did you by any chance get to see what that motherfucker just tried with Nitro Circus? Like this guy's signed to AEW and still doing dumbass shit with Nitro Circus. So he gets up on the big, the, the big X games, like the, the giant ass half pipe that's got like the big gap in between it. And he went to go try to backflip a a big wheel off of that bitch. And, uh, and it spun. And so like he did a 360 into like this pad and then he goes back up to try it again and does it. And I'm just like, dude, like this guy is like a signed wrestler to like the second biggest company in the world. And like, just does not give a fuck. Like, like for those who don't know, I mean, go back to, you know what he was doing before this, doing skateboarding stuff. That's why he has the relationship with Tony Hawk and all these things. And like, dude, I was just watching this video. Like, what the fuck, man? I remember uh, us hanging out one time, and you're like, we he had came up in conversation about something, and you're like, I think I had brought up like, oh yeah, it's cool that he does like the stunts and stuff, but I I like as somebody who has skated in my past, even though I was never good. I was like, uh, you know, I can appreciate that he's trying to use it as an angle and stuff. And you're like, no, dude, it's no angle. And you, like, showed me his clips video. And I'm like, oh, no, the dude's, like, fucking legit as they come. And he also just does the wrestling thing because that, like, is That's what he wanted to do. Like, Yeah, it's just a passion of his. So it's like, all right, I'm, I'm in his corner. You know, like, got a fan, you know. Yeah, man. I Like I said, I mean, I, I always have liked Darby. Obviously, Darby didn't like one of our questions the last time we got to interview him. You can go check that out on the YouTube channel from the uh, uh, StarCast Scrum, you know. I mean, 
like I said, though, I mean, apparently money don't matter to him. Money, money doesn't change Darby Allen. And, you know, if you get your taxes together for, you know, tax season, you know, your money can be right with our homies over at G3 payroll and tax. You tell them knockouts and three counts sent you Jack and the homies over there. will get you together. The link to their stuff is in the description. You can check them out on Facebook. Tell them knockouts and three counts sent you. Um, the only other thing I really got on the docket as far as uh, the wrestling world goes, bro, is, you know, we saw NXT on Tuesday. It was the one year of NXT 2.0. Uh, at the end of the show, we saw not necessarily the black and gold come back, but they definitely were hitting at it. We saw the 2.0 dropped. Uh, Soa Sokoa. Say that quick rope three times. Uh, Soa Sokoa, who we've seen up there with his cousins, uh, with his cousin Roman and his brothers, the New Day, or the New Day, Jesus Christ, the Usos. Good God. I need to go to bed, apparently, even though I've been chilling all day. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> up there with his brothers, the Usos, and his cousin Roman Reigns, I mean, dude, you know, he went back down to NXT and won the North American Championship off of Carmelo Hayes, so now the Bloodline's got even more belts. They've got the world belt. They got the tag undisputed tag belts and they got the North American championship from NXT. Like the bloodline like runs fucking WWE right now, dog. It's crazy. We were just talking about that with AEW and now here we are talking about it with WWE. Like, I mean, one of which being the family organization and one of which is the or, you know, wrestling organization, but still they, they've seemed to have found their way in, uh, in this game to uh align these teams up in a certain way where uh we're seeing well this isn't even a team thing. these guys it's all family that's the thing i like, know the samoan legacy the just goes line, back like, so deep yeah, yeah. Uh, i'm familiar with the story on these guys i know bruce you came in late bro we were talking with britain hart you think it should be outlawed i don't know about yeah. outlawed but uh so I think I don't know. the 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 big thing is right is you see a lot of because it's such a newer sport right and the competition level isn't always as high cool. as we would like it right yeah so you see a lot of these guys where they're making their professional debut or maybe they've fought on some you know they have a one in one professional MMA record from five years ago and they decided they're going to bring their way you know they're going to bring their ass back in the uh, ring. Some of those matches are, are not great, and maybe the commission should do a better job of vetting some of these athletes. See, but then but again, the, but the then again, on the flip, well, let, let me let me flip because to, on the other side of that, the upper echelons of their divisions, man, they've done a great job of really showcasing that. Hey, you might not know this guy, but once you've seen that, he's actually much more skilled than his opponent man you have no reason but to you know follow him or at least you know like he's there is no objective he is just the better fighter out of these two on the night and it's just like every other combat sport you know like there is danger but that's these guys know that when they're signing up for it, you know? So it's, Well, uh, and not only that, what I was going to say is on the flip side of that, you got like what we saw in the co-main event. Obviously it didn't get to end the way we would have liked it, but you see a guy like Joe Riggs. I've been watching Joe Riggs fight since I first got into MMA years ago. Mm-hmm. And then he switches over to bare knuckle boxing is straight sleeping fools. 
uh, it was unfortunate the way his fight ended with that headbutt, but um, yeah. yeah, dude, like I said, it, I mean, so it goes both ways, but uh, in reference to what I was talking about, I, I definitely have high hopes for what we can see with NXT. Uh, like yeah. I like, I've said it. I mean, I don't care who knows it. Call me a Mark, call me whatever. Like I got to be at a lot of those takeovers, bro. Like NXT takeover, <laughs> was a good fucking time and they were some of the best shows i've ever been to and i'm putting that up with wrestlemania's like wrestlemania will always be wrestlemania like you can't compare the two but when you're talking about favorite shows i've ever been to like it's very possible that nxt takeover very well might be the show that i say that for and it's so funny right because everybody when they had first announced that vince was taken back over and stuff everybody was worried and stuff like that, but they were kind of still like semi-optimistic that it was gonna, you know, maintain some type of uh, same direction. And at least, you know, there there was clearly a ton of fanfare for the product, and then so the fans were hoping it would at least maintain some semblance of the same thing. And <clears throat> for them to go and flip it on their head the way they did, and then for now. To your point, it looks like they're trying to spin it back in that other direction. I'm curious. I'm curious to see how it all plays out yet again, like we were saying when Triple H took over just a month or month and a half ago. It's been a couple months already. It's already been like two months. That's what's crazy. And I mean, dude, I can't argue. Like Raw and SmackDown have been notably fucking better. Are there things that still need to be worked on? Sure. Not arguing that. But at the same time, has it not been more like I can't sit here and tell you that watching it, I haven't been more genuinely interested to see what happens next from week to week. Yeah, and that's all you can ask for, right? And I mean, ultimately, that's what makes wrestling good. It's all in the chase, dude. It's all in the, <laughs> oh, shit. What's going to happen next? You know, you hear Bubba Ray talk about it all the time. It's wrestling opera. You keeping the next thing, you keeping the next or fighting opera so you keep you know you're keeping the next thing of the thing out the way and so like i said man i uh I, i'm interested to see what happens next with that um it'll be interesting to see uh what happens with aew too i mean there's there it just shows that there's issues it doesn't matter the company you know wwe had all their issues with uh the vince mcmahon stuff and now AEW is having their issues with the cm punk stuff and the elite and all that I mean, all this really shows is that it doesn't matter the company, dude. Like, you know, they all have their issues, which is why I go back to what I said. And I feel like both should kind of just stay in their own lane. But I've said that multiple times. All right. We've only got a couple more things to talk about. Um, We got UFC Vegas 60 and we've got Canelo versus Triple G. I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I'm definitely more excited about this Canelo Triple G fight because I just feel like it's got fireworks all over it. But that being said... I am a big fan of I am a big fan of this Corey Sandhagen fight as well. Hey yo, Cody, you're in a little late, man. We just had the champ. Like I said, definitely go back. Make sure you check that out. Make sure you tell me what you think of uh our chat with the champ. Britton Hart Beltron, fresh offer win of the BKFC Strawweight Championship. We are getting the BKFC or not BKFC to UFC Vegas 60 and uh the triple G fight. So with the UFC fight, we've got a couple interesting ones on here. The main event being uh, Corey Sanhagen versus Yudong Song. 
uh, number four versus number 10. Uh, I really feel like this is a fight that's very important for Corey Sanhagen. I feel like he needs to win this yeah. fight to keep himself in that top five, you know, um, uh, echelon, echelon, we'll say. Yeah, we'll say. And uh, But there's some other fights that really interest me. Uh, for those of you who have been watching the UFC Dana White Contender Series, which next week is going to have pest guests to the show uh, Mondo Gutierrez as he goes to war September 20th on the Contender Series. Um, Joe Pfeiffer, who had a nasty finish to get his contract on Dana White Contender Series, is making his debut in the UFC. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that fight. I was a big fan of uh, what we saw with him. Uh, another fight that sticks out on here just because I like to watch and see him fight, even though it didn't go so well with the homie Miles. Uh, Andre Touchy Feely is getting in there with Bill Algio. Um, I think that's going to be a fun fight. Um, a guy who kind of and a guy who kind of isn't getting the uh, you know, the spotlight, you know, the younger brother of uh, Anthony Njikawani. You got Chidi Njikawani, who also came through the uh, Dana White Contender Series. Uh, going to war with Gregory Rodriguez. Um, yeah, I, I would argue that because, all right, so the initial flight that I was most excited for on this card, besides Corey Sanhagen, because I'm always a Corey Sanhagen fan, besides the fact we share names, dude is legitimately one of the most entertaining fighters. He's got my name. And we share names, so I'm going to be his fan. But, no, he is legitimately one of the most entertaining fighters to watch. So he. Of course, he's going to top the card for the right reason. But that being said, I was actually really looking forward to the uh, Sadiq Yusuf versus um, – wh- why did I just blank his name when I had it in my head two seconds before that? Um, oh, why, am, why am I forgetting his name? But uh, I was really looking to the, forward to the initial uh, co-main event that they had scheduled on this one. And the fact that uh, this one's got canceled, man, it really uh... – oh, Giga Chikadze, that's who it was. I was really looking okay. forward to that. I was really looking forward to that fight being the initial co-main, you know, matchup. But it sucks Giga had to pull out for – unknown reasons and uh they already rebooked uh Sadiq Yusuf against somebody else so that matchup's not one we're gonna see but either way I was looking forward to that I think Corey Sanhagen to your point definitely definitely needs to get this win man like when you look at his uh last five fights that I've seen posted far too many times this week he's two and three in his last five and when you think about Corey Sanhagen, that's not the first thing that comes to your mind, man. You think of somebody. But he's been fighting dogs. Let's not the, the take any respect of the off the man's name. But, like. Oh, and I'm not trying to. but that's And what, they got this a pretty close fight. Like the odds, if, if the odds are similar mm-hmm. everywhere, they've got Corey Sanhagen at a minus 190 and Yadong Song is a plus 160. I mean, it doesn't necessarily surprise me. I mean, the only time we've seen uh, Song Yudong kind of... He didn't put on the greatest fight against your boy Cody Stamen. Uh, He didn't put on the greatest fight, in my opinion, against uh, Cheeto and still got the victory in that one. But other than that, man, Song Yudong's been absolutely legit the whole time he's been in the UFC. And 
being as young as he is, if I'm not mistaken, even at this stage in his career, he's only 25 or something still. And he's in that fight to see if he's going to be that next guy in the top five of the division. It's an interesting matchup. I feel like Corey Sandhagen has got the skills to be able to win this fight, especially when you look at what Song Yudong's good at. He's he's fairly quick, but I feel like Corey Sandhagen's going to be faster. And other than that, he's got a little bit of striking power, but Corey Sandhagen's been very elusive his whole career. So I, it's an interesting fight. I like the matchup. I really do like the, the matchmaking in this one, but feel like Corey Sanhagen's going to be able to get it done. And I don't know if it'll be a finish or if we'll see a drug out through five, but uh, it'll be an interesting fight nonetheless. I agree with you, dude. I mean, Corey Sanhagen fights definitely have the ability to, you know, be a long fight. But like I said, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I like well, that fight. Um, let's, also, let's go. Go ahead. He also, before we do transition into the next wow. one, he also did come out and say that uh, he wants, he, yeah, the reason why the delay between this fight and his uh, most recent fight before that is because he really wanted to round out a couple of holes that he felt that he had in his game and really solidify the couple of things that he felt like would have won him those uh, fights and potentially had him as the uh, interim championship when he, uh, interim champ when he fought Jan. So I'm excited to see what he did work on in this uh, year layoff and it'd be an entertaining main event. That's for sure. I agree. So who you got Corey, Corey Sanhagen or song you dong. Like I said, I think Corey will get it done. I don't know if it'll be a finisher through five, but I, I think it'll be a finish because his, I feel like song you dong is going to try to throw that power and maybe get caught out of position and uh at, like Corey uh showed in that Frankie Edgar fight man all it takes is putting yourself in the wrong spot for one second and he'll hit you with one of them flying knees or something and it's just game over so uh, I don't know I kind of I kind of lean in San Hagen in this one too I don't really know uh how I see how I see it being finished but I I think Corey Sanhagen's going to get the win. Uh, Chidi Injikwani versus Gregory Rodriguez. I'm going with Chidi Injikwani on this one. Oh, you're going against RoboCop? Yes. Crazy. I feel like Gregory Rodriguez is... Uh, Wait a minute. In- if I'm not mistaken, he's had a couple knockout wins, hasn't he? Yeah. In his he's, last he's couple fights? One, yeah, he's, he's the one that uh, fought our boy Josh Friend. I remember, I remember, I remember, I remember. Yeah, but uh, that being said, I feel like Gregory Rodriguez has shown uh, he's he's done a really good job as long as it doesn't get late into the third round and he starts to gas a little bit. As long as we don't see that version and as long as uh, he's able to keep the fight on his terms, man, I feel like we'll see another domination in his corner. I feel like uh, I'm in Chiwani or... Yeah, I feel like uh, the one thing that we have seen from him is he hasn't always done the greatest job of defending takedowns. Um, and I feel like. But do you Gregory think Rodriguez has, is going to go in there and try to bang with him, though? I don't. I or okay. I, sorry, I answered too quick. Yes, I do. <laughs> uh, 
I, I thought you were going to say, do you think he's going to try to take him down? And I was going to say, no, I don't. So I, we'll see, man. I, Gregory Rodriguez, if he fights IQ. Right, but you just said that in Jaquani's biggest thing is that he doesn't like to fight on the ground. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's, well, that's striking it out with a ninja Kawani brother may not be in your best interest. No, no, absolutely not. So, but both of them can bang though. So it's not like Gregory Rodriguez doesn't have hands himself. And like you said, he doesn't he have a couple knockouts. Yeah, yes, he does. He has put quite a few men to sleep in uh, the UFC. So, either way, for uh, for a fill-in co-main event, this is this is they couldn't have found much better on the card. I feel like. All right, so I went with Inja Kawani. You're going with uh, Rodriguez on this one. Mm-hmm. Now, and speaking of Josh Fremd, I'm looking forward to seeing him step back in the cage. If you guys are new here, make sure you hit that subscribe button and go check out uh, some of those past episodes. Um, other notable fights on this one, you got uh, Touchy Feely versus Bill Algio. You know, I like Touchy Feely, but, dude, I'm going to go with Bill Algio. Really? Yeah. Okay. If it looks like we are we are going a different way a lot on these uh, picks then because I, for one, feel like Touchy Feely is going to be able to uh, right the wrongs that he's unfortunately had to deal with in his last couple fights, man. I feel like he's one of those guys that he's not the upper echelon of the division, but he is damn close. And when he shows he's up. He's good. Best, There's no arguing yeah. that. That's what I, when he shows up on his best, he's hard to deal with, man. And I feel like that's he, from all the media and stuff that I had seen this week, he definitely looks motivated. But that's one thing that Bill Algio doesn't ever look like he lacks his motivation. So I don't, it's an interesting matchup. I, I like the matchup, but I feel like Touchy Feely is going to be able to get this one done. I wouldn't be surprised by it. I like Touchy Feely. I'm not arguing that. All right. That's most of the notable fights we've got for UFC, for UFC Vegas 60. Um, As you know, we always lean a little MMA heavy, but like I said, for me, the main event of this weekend is really Triple G versus Canelo. Um, As we said with Britain, this fight is just so interesting to me for a few reasons, dude, because it's just like, I feel like so many people are stuck on, oh, well, Canelo, you know, Canelo beat Triple G and blah, 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 and all this too. Well, here's the thing that people aren't talking about. Canelo also has lost in between there. He just lost to Bivol. Mm-hmm. And then Triple G has been on a fucking tear since they fought. Like, he's been laying dudes out since him and Canelo fought. So, essentially, Canelo has been the only one that's been able to do anything with Triple G and let's, or, uh, with Canelo. And let's not forget that the first fight ended in a draw. So what if Triple G comes out here and says, fuck y'all and shocks the world and takes out Canelo? Well, now you got him at one, one and one, and you're going to have the fight again. So everybody's so quick to say that Triple G is, you know, just going to get ran through. Like we hear a lot of people saying, put respect on somebody's name here lately. Well, I think we need to put some fucking respect on Triple G's name. I mean, you're definitely not wrong, right? Like, and as somebody who watched that first matchup, I was like, wow, Canelo lost. It actually happened. And then they went to the scorecards, and it was a draw because it's boxing. And uh, I definitely felt like 
100% Triple G won that first matchup. And just looking at the fight, maybe I didn't watch it back a million times and stuff like that. But on the initial viewing, if I was a judge, I was definitely scoring that for Triple G. The second matchup, though, I felt like Canelo, I don't know if he figured something out in their first matchup. If age just caught up to Triple G a little bit or whatever the circumstance be. But the second matchup was not quite the same. Triple G uh, didn't quite have as much for Canelo on the night, man. It seemed like definitely a fight that I thought Canelo won. It, it was close, but I thought Canelo actually did win that second fight. And so now here we are going into the third matchup. And to your point, Gennady Golovkin has went on a uh, hell of a streak. But uh, that being said, I feel like Canelo... We're, I feel like we're going to see an extension of what happened in the second fight. I don't know if he figured something out or whatever the circumstances were, but I feel like Canelo, Canelo is going to go in there and probably Canelo him to a dub again, I feel like. I mean, let's not act like Canelo can't finish somebody, but I think, I mean, at the same time, let's also, I mean, again, I just feel like at the end of the day, people need to put some respect back on Canelo's name. The guy clearly draws people every time he fights. Uh, he's fought everybody there is to fight. When you're really looking at who he's lost to, he's lost to Floyd Mayweather. He lost to Bivol. You know, he's had the stuff with Gennady Golovkin. But I mean, if you're going to lose, mm-hmm. like, I'm just yeah, saying, like, lose. Floyd Mayweather is 50 and 0 for a reason. And if you want to say that it's because motherfuckers fixed fights, you're an idiot. Or going up three weight classes, trying to just snag belts from every possible person that you can. Because that was all fixed. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I understand boxing's got some of its, you know, got its its druthers, but I feel like you can say that in all fights. But when a guy wins championships at multiple weight classes and fights a completely different style at the end of his career versus the beginning of his career, I mean, that just, to me, like, spells a guy's skills. So for Canelo to lose to a guy like that who's beaten Cotto and everybody else, I mean, I think that pretty much says everything you need to say. But, I mean... the opposite of a weight bully, too. It's not like he tried to cut a ton of weight and go down. He was climbing up. He was going against significantly bigger opponents and going in there and snatching their belt. So it wasn't a weight bully thing by no means. No, and that's why, like I say, I mean, people will say what they're going to. I mean, hell, Floyd Mayweather's getting ready to fight again the day before my birthday on September 24th. So, uh Fucking a Floyd, a, go make your money, dog. It's such a weird <laughs> thing seeing Floyd still do his thing with these exhibition fights, and it's like I don't. And know he gets away with it and makes bank. Makes I, I don't bank. Who, is, is it a Saudi Arabia or like a Middle Eastern thing? Where Looks like another risen guy again. Yeah. Okay, so it's a Japan money thing because I don't know who's paying him this big money for these uh, guys that he's fighting anymore. He like, got paid when he fought Logan Paul. I, but that one at least makes some semblance of sense because it's like it doesn't make sense in the boxing terms, but it makes sense in the fact of like Logan Paul's a known asset that can like be a B side that'll sell some, you know, get some viewers, get some eyeballs on the card. These guys in Ryzen and stuff, like I, I'm a hardcore fight degenerate, man. I watch everything I can get my hands on in Ryzen. You got to have like a 
a whole package through Japan television to watch. I've tried to watch their events. You just can't for the most part. So it's it's an interesting move to me. I guess it's Mr. Worldwide type of move, right? Because just because you don't That's know. Just, here this man mean. is just trying to soak up all the bags he can get yeah. before he puts his gloves completely down because you know two things. Number one, he's getting paid because he ain't coming to Japan not to get paid. Number yeah. two, number two, I mean, Again, no disrespect to his opponent because you're stepping in there with the greatest box, one of the greatest boxers of all time, if not the greatest boxer of all time. So, but let's just face it, this guy isn't on the same level as Floyd Mayweather. I'm just saying. Yeah. But uh, I mean, look at look at what happened. I don't know if you remember last time they did this Rising event, but they built the hell. Out. I still remember the tension Nasakawa or whatever. I remember they built up, and uh, yeah, Floyd went in there and whooped his ass for about 90 seconds and the fight was over so <laughs> i wouldn't be surprised if we see another uh fight similar to hey man like i said i ain't mad at another man for getting his bag well yeah. speaking of people getting in their bag and putting on good shows again shout out to our guys uh from circle six uh you know they had a great event here on friday in detroit you know they had uh it go down in cleveland we saw rsp turned on atticus kogar in cleveland after winning that belt man it's crazy how these belts make people jealous motherfuckers uh man you know shout out to circle six and uh the dread king and darren mccarty for coming on the show this week if you didn't get to check out uh d mac coming back through with the dread king you need to because uh i felt like that was a great show uh, Corey, I mean, before we get out of here, I mean, uh, what were, uh, some of your highlights from circle six and, uh, this week of shows. And, uh, again, like we said, past guests of the show, Mondo Gutierrez is going to be on uh contender series. So after you're done watching us on Tuesday, you know, that's where you should be at. I know I'll definitely be tuning in to watch our boy Mondo get his, uh, contract that he's earned to this point. But, uh, Honestly, my biggest uh, surprise, I guess, out of the week, and I've, I've met Logan in person once or twice before this, but having him on the show, I, that was the first time I've had, had him, you know, an extended conversation with him. For somebody that uh, is in a team called Midwest Scum, he's a he's very thoughtful, uh, intellectual type of dude. I definitely enjoyed our conversation with uh, Logan. Um D Max always a good time as always. Hopefully you guys have a good time watching the Lions get a dub this weekend. Um, the Lions game is going to be either a really good time or uh, <laughs> a really good story. Uh, we just don't know if I can tell said story on the show yet. We're going to have to go to the Lions game and find out. <laughs> and that being said, uh, fuck around and find out. Circle Six, I, <laughs> after attending their event and uh, dealing with Mike in both on the show and in person, I wish nothing but the best for those guys. Like I had said, with um, after about the uh, second or third show, basically after we had Atticus on and once we've talked about it ever since, them boys must be doing something right if every single one of the uh, people that we've talked with about them has done nothing but talked well about them so it's like uh i had already brought up the whole elias theodoro thing with the uh tuesday show but in whenever you hear somebody you know 
in passing or whatever the case be, or somebody's starting to build stuff up or whatever the case be, whenever you hear the whole community speak highly of this person or this organization in this circumstance, you know they must have been doing something right. So I, I definitely feel like Circle Six is heading in the right direction. So hopefully uh, they can continue their growth and uh, excited to see them once they work their way back into to Detroit later this year. I mean, you, I was going to say, you heard what Mike said, you know, it might be November and, uh, you know, if they come back in November, you know, we're going to have to be involved. So all the more reason you need to hit subscribe, hit that like button, hit the comment button, share this motherfucker, tell people to watch it. And until next week and in the in-between time and all that good stuff, Lions, this is the first time that you motherfuckers have been favored in 24 straight games and I'm going to be in attendance for this game. So do me a favor. Just, I need you to get this dub yeah. real quick. Whichever line we need, they're on this hat somewhere. Whichever ones we need. Corey's not rally game. capping it. He's double capping it, but there's no cap. We need a Lions win this week. Tune in this Tuesday to hear me either melt down about their loss or be singing the praises about my story at uh, Ford Field. All the more reason you got to hit that subscribe button or you ain't going to hear me one way or the other. So until next time and in the in-between time, peace.